no, 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 don't lecture me, you fucking can opener. Maze, you better fire it up, dude. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boy. Ride your fucking Wally bird. They laugh in New York and they, they laugh in San Francisco, but they will not be laughing when the mouth of hell opens up and sucks. The whole world is in the power of the evil one, the devil. And the media that he uses to control the world is television. small time jump in this episode at least yeah couldn't Mm -hmm. quite tell how like maybe four weeks i was confused at first like i was like did i miss something like well the question really is was it enough time to put that glass up in that building (laughs) 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 which we've we've reviewed the tapes and we decided it is the same building yes you are absolutely right that it was the same location all three times. I, I was taking screenshots. <laughs> I was checking the, the, the view. And then it, it, they finally showed, you know, off the building. And I was like, oh, that's the same building across the way, which, interesting enough, was under construction. Had not advanced any on any level. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All but right. all that glass was put up. Overnighted. Overnight at incomparable cost, but yeah, I was thinking at least three to four weeks and and maybe more because Shiv has gone to London and come back. I'm guessing that's part of her training. It could have been an overnight referenced, could have been an overnight. And then Roman Roman is deep into his training program, right? So he's done, he's completed it, he's done with it. So that would put it at five weeks because he said it was a five week program. Oh, there we go. okay. All right, cool. And Roman comes back and he says, I'm a kettle corn shoveler here to show you frilly clit flickers the truth. <laughs> and he was talking to Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So Logan is prepping everybody for this meeting with the Pierces. They run through the topics to avoid. Tells everyone to be on a two-drink maximum. They tell Tom that he will be the straw man. We learn that PGM is losing viewers and on the decline, and that Logan sees this acquisition as the key to the proxy defense. Everybody clears out, and Shiv gets a moment alone with her father. She makes a sly comment about it being her baby soon, and that set the tone for her performance in this episode as Shiv continues to slip, AC. Listen, man, uh, she is, as I, as I have uh, 
predicted, she's going to get too aggressive. And we saw it in this episode. She got a little too big for her britches. But it was fun to watch, though. Because watching her facial expression after she realized what she did, it's like, holy shit, uh-oh, spaghetti Well, his reaction to her comment that you were just talking about, Mace, was he just kind of smiled. Yeah. And went, mm-hmm. And he, he, it was barely <laughs> like, sure. an acknowledgement. And then left, you know? <laughs> uh, so I don't know what she was thinking. Yeah, that that was kind of the, the dynamic in this whole episode. A lot of Logan stonewalling people, keeping things behind the vest. A lot of Shiv freaking out, kind of. And facial, facial expressions were all over the place. A lot of Kendall and Shiv furtive looks at each other. Before we get in the Whirlybirds, Logan says that he's proud of Roman for completing business kindergarten, but also not to mention it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Don't tell anybody what you've been doing. Because he's a COO. That's right. He's still the C- He's a co-COO. Coco. You can't, you can't be a co-COO and also going to first-time management training. <laughs> so there's a, a nice sequence where we, we fly to Turnhaven and couldn't quite is this supposed to be like long island jake like do you do you know where this is supposed to be connecticut long island it was hard to tell it's kind of a private estate on a huge island not really accessible very very possibly connecticut okay somewhere on the sound most likely definitely yeah definitely the sound it's no open ocean it didn't look like the ocean either but we didn't see enough to, to say for sure and then there's this great cinematography moment where we have the two families kind of approaching each other in the field. And my question was, is that, so Logan and Nan Pierce have never met before? That's kind of surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah, it seems odd. And there's lots of awkward introductions from all the family members. We go inside the house. There's a hairless penis cat roaming around. They're drinking Hank Pierce's brake bumper. The recipe came from the wallet of Teddy Roosevelt's valet, apparently. Start to meet some of the Pierces. We've got Mark Pierce, who's getting his second PhD. We've got Maxim Pierce, who works at Brookings Institute, a DC think tank. And he immediately approaches Connor. Roman embarrasses himself in front of Naomi, but Tabitha saves him by repeating basically the the business-oriented message. Then there's this whole dynamic with Nan Pierce and Rosa, the the chef mm-hmm. or the servant, who mm-hmm. Nan invites Rosa to have a drink with them. And I started to think about, you know, how they would contrast the two families and the way that mm-hmm. the Roys usually treat the help and the way the mm-hmm. Pierces treated the help. And while it may appear better on the surface, it still seemed kind of facetious and condescending to me. For sure. Because yeah. she doesn't really expect her to stop and hang out and have a drink, you know? Like, nah, it was a show. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was just for show. Yeah. Now, it's a blue-blooded affair, right? Um, I mean, it was great. He called it Plymouth Rock. There's this, the, the whitest of the white people. Yeah. Um, but they're liberal. They're progressive. Um, and yet... They're just full of themselves and full of cash. And there's really no dramatic difference except in the political philosophy between the two families. 
a nice little we're morally superior to you. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, an intellectual superiority really seemed to be the, yeah. the emphasis. Yes, that, you know, yeah. the Latin and the yeah, – when, uh, when Peter says that he's reading three novels and a memoir at once, you know, it's just yeah. – it's intellectual bourgeoisie. Getting two P- – getting his second PhD at Brown. The second PhD is the hard one, right? Yeah. You know, first that one, was... no big deal. <laughs> Shiv's comment was one of my favorite lines of the night. Yeah, and then, of course, Frank <laughs> sees it and snitches to Logan, and Logan confronts her about it later. Logan stages Kendall's delayed entrance and makes a point to hug him in front of everyone and then says, I ain't no master of the speechifying, but then he gives a kind of a lovely speech and Roman sings songs that he actually wants to to kill them and fuck them. And then Connor says, I like this dad. Why can't this dad be dead? Yeah. <laughs> Here, I, have a good, I have a question. So do you think... I was trying to get my mind around what was the staging of Kendall's late arrival about? Um, is he is he aware that Naomi is an important figure on the peer side and is in recovery because it's so well documented and they documented the hell of out of it as we learn. Um, and he wants to showcase that he's sympathetic to the addicted person is in his family and he's and he's treating him with respect and giving him a lot of responsibility or is it something else entirely well so logan wasn't aware that naomi was going to be there Rhea comes out and tells him that right when they get off the helicopter and he's kind of caught off guard he asks her for a scouting report and she says i don't work for you essentially right and i think he does the whole thing with kendall to position Kendall because he says that Kendall is donating his time or like volunteering or something like that. Yeah. Unclear where. Yeah. So he's (laughs) just trying to make Kendall look good. And I think that's just because Kendall is the, the child that's under his thumb that he can control. Right. And that isn't a piece of shit like Roman. And then there's this whole dance that he's doing with Shiv. Right. So that would be my guess, but I also was a little confused. It's like making him look busy and, you know, it's the fashionably late entrance. Like, it's a classic, right? <laughs> it's just an old play. I mean, yeah. he, but he is he is busy and he's been part of the whole – he's been up front as part of the group handling this quietly, right? I mean, he met with Rhea. He called Rhea. His role in this – well, we don't know what's being communicated to the Pierce family about his role. Um, but it was just interesting, you know, because and then we see him on the flight doing some kind of new deep dive into the numbers. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If he had five weeks. I don't know why he needs to be reviewing it on the flight over. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the other thing is just that Shiv's been in London. Roman's been at the parks. So Kendall's been the only one in with Logan. And that's by design. Absolutely. So I think it's all just... I think it's, it was definitely Logan trying to make at least one of his children look competent. You know, it made me wonder, all of this has been making me wonder if Kendall is being the one secretly groomed for the succession. Although, as we've said, I, I don't think there is, there, there's no desire for succession on Logan's part. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, we're definitely in agreement on that, that Logan is not concerned, really. He only cares about how he's still in charge. Yeah, 
And maybe what yeah. he likes and about especially Logan, after what Kendall said last week. Uh, yeah, maybe what he likes about Kendall rather is that he's under his thumb and won't be a threat yeah. to him right. in whatever role yep. he puts him in. Whereas exactly. you, can, you can already see the problem caused by telling Shiv she's a successor mm. because she just wants it to happen right now. And Roman's just a bumbling idiot. Yeah, I mean, it, all of this makes you wonder why he didn't just say, listen, everybody, just don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he needed them to come. <laughs> he could not bring them, and it's clear right. that he would have if, if he thought he could get away with it. He could have cut somebody, though. I mean, come on, let's be honest. He could have said somebody was ill or injured or, or, or handling a, a, a nuclear cleanup somewhere overseas. You know, somebody could have been gotten rid of. Well, he pulls everybody aside because he's already very stressed out. He he calls out Shiv for making that joke. Connor says about Maxim, if he contradicts any more planks in my personal philosophy, I'm going to piss in his brake bumper. <laughs> Logan wants to focus on Peter, Maxim, and Naomi. And then as everybody leaves, Marsha makes some sort of snide comment at Logan, and we learn that she's a little fed up. Yeah. Then we have this incredible dinner scene, just absolutely jaw-dropping dinner. Once again, the dinner table is where the most dramatic stuff happens in this show. So we've got uh, Nan watching Rosa pull the roast out of the oven, but then delivering it to the table herself, and everyone applauding her for it. Kind of more of the same with the... Yeah. The show, yeah. Friendlier with the staff, but also still kind of fucked up. The Pierces say grace by quoting Shakespeare, and Naomi chooses a passage from Richard II. Kendall flirts with Naomi. She recognizes a fellow addict in him, later notices when he returns from doing a bump in the bathroom. The worst flirting ever, by the oh way. Oh, my God. It was are, cringeworthy. Are you, a cringeworthy. Poet? are you a poetess or something? Yeah. <laughs> A <laughs> I mean, it's not an out of uh, out of this world thought for this family for for one of the Pierces to declare themselves a poetess. That's true, but still. Ugh. Oh God! It's one thing to declare it about yourself. It's one thing to ask another person. <laughs> so could, he's like his attempts to be hip as to end up being so unhip. It's the marvel of Kendall Roy. He's really yeah. just a train wreck in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's not making inappropriate sex cracks like Roman all the time. Oh, my God. I know. He's just so incredibly awkward in a way that he just does such a such a great job at, like, portraying that almost like, I think I know what I'm saying, but I don't know what I'm saying at the same time. All right. It's pretty, pretty cool to watch. Uh, but my favorite scene was him trying to come up with a book that he might have read. And and the best part is he decides to make one up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who was the author of that book? Uh... He couldn't even think of a name. Timothy Lipton. Timothy Lipton. <laughs> the magician. Like, oh, I, can't, I can't find it on Amazon. I have three novels and a memoir going at once. With It's like natural wow. selection. Yes. Oh, brother, I hear that. Are you a reader? Me? Oh, big time. Yeah. Can you recommend anything uh, that Oprah isn't pushing? Huh. Any new fiction? <laughs> right. Oh, uh, sure, I can. Um, I rather enjoyed The Electric Circus. The Electric Circus? Mm-hmm. Who's the author? 
Borat? What? Who's the author? Oh, oh gosh. Uh, I want to say shit. Who was it? It was, oh, uh, uh, Timothy Lipton. Uh-huh. What's it about? Well, uh, what's the Electric Circus about? Uh-huh. It is about a young man making his way through the world. Um, it's set in two different time periods. It kind of switches back and forth between the circus part is a, um, you know, metaphor. For what? For the anxiety of modern life, Siobhan. I'm not seeing it on Google. You said it's called the Electric Circus? Yeah. I, th- I mean, shit. Is it the Electric Circus? Yeah, that scene was amazing just because then Shiv gets in on it as well. Oh, the, the circus yeah. analogy. They keep pressing him. I know. Talk about sticking by your <laughs> family. This is where, what? <laughs> and this is where Shiv is like, okay, so you want to run the show, but you know how important this is to Logan, so you're going to dig... You're going to help Roman dig himself a deeper hole. <laughs> yeah. She was killing everybody in her own family that night. She was killing Tom from across the table. Tom even called her out on it. And then she was just like, your feelings don't matter, basically. Maxim and Connor are in the corner. They continue to verbally joust. Uh, Rhea makes a scene of challenging ATN's politics. And Logan deflects blame to Tom. This leads to an interesting and layered exchange about the acquisition that was very dense and very fast. Nan calls PGM a bunch of hacks. Ironically, Kendall says, you give them what they need. We give them what they want. We make a good match. Logan isn't pleased with Shiv's fumbling descriptors. Nan reemphasizes that she wants virtue and integrity of PGM to be upheld, which is more important than money. Tom makes a joke about paying for lunch meat with his concerns about the environment, which I actually thought was not bad for Tom Wamsgams in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Peter asked Tom, asked if Tom would take over, and Logan defers judgment. Awkward silence. Tom talks about <laughs> spinach, the king of edible leaves. Shiv says she cares about values, and then Logan calls her a zealot. And that causes Shiv and Tom to awkwardly excuse themselves, blame their dog's hips. Shiv is really rattled here, and Tom actually kind of calms her down, and then they go back in. Tabitha is carrying on a side conversation where she's thinking about being a surrogate, and then she tells everyone about her and Roman being eunuch besties. Jerry's kind of there in the corner just lurking and thinking. Doing her Jerry thing. I mean, as funny and out there as these situations get... I was like, boy, that this girl's got some nerve to be sitting at that table with all those people and just drop that crack about not having sex with Roman. <laughs> well, I think that she is kind of okay with it, and Roman isn't. You know, Roman's Roman's the cause and also ashamed of it. Yeah. Whereas I think Tabitha is kind of just like along for the ride and doesn't really care one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, I, I get the feeling that, that she's out just like that, resigned. But again, yeah, but again, it's not really dinner table conversation. This isn't, well, this isn't even a social event. This is a business meeting. <laughs> so we this thought. isn't like, oh, we're going to go meet some relatives we haven't seen in a long time and we'll yeah. get a little tipsy and see what happens. This is like supposed to be a directed social experiment just to serve one purpose, to acquire the company. It's like... Maybe you don't say shit like that. Fair enough. I mean, I I, <laughs> I see what you're saying. She probably should didn't even need to bring up the whole surrogate conversation, right? So 
why did the writers include that? I think just to make Roman uncomfortable in yeah, front definitely. of Jerry. Yeah. And so I thought it worked. And I, th- I still think it fits with Tabitha's character and the dynamic in Tabitha and Roman's relationship where she doesn't really respect him a ton. Well, and there's always this dif- there's a difficulty in understanding in, in a big dinner scene like that. What is heard by the people in the immediate area versus the entire table? Right. So I think there's a tendency to think that little quip made it all around the table when maybe it was just for the four people having that specific conversation. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, it's hard to know the difference. But you should be cautious if if it's a situation where there's big things on the line. Well, I that's feel. the thing. I mean, the directive was pretty clear. <laughs> Everybody's failing. Like, well, you know, what's in, you know, in typical fashion on this show is like you have a very clear marching orders and almost instantly people are just failing, you know, the simplest <laughs> yeah, <totally> task. <laughs> and they just like can't do anything. Uh, corporate incompetence. How about that? You know, I mean, at least Kendall's <laughs> at least Kendall's keeping shit in line. You know, yeah, he's, he's playing making the role. A, it's he's a, like it's the most a, competent of them all. Like yeah, this. he just can't actually have a normal conversation. But we already know this. But he's not ruining anything. You know. Right. Yeah, Kendall, as we'll get to, gets things done in this episode. But also yeah, he's competent. I was like, he flourishes. Guess who else? Guess who else comes through? Connor Roy future president oh yeah yeah that was hilarious how they resolved it how he's resolved that it's just like oh i offered him the state department so connor comes through he knows how to do what he's told you know at the very least someone who doesn't know how to do what she's told is Marsha, who goes pretty off the rails when nan asks her about beirut logan just tries to smother her flame completely and cut her off from drinking and Marsha does not care and that relationship, which hasn't really been developed this season, is at a pretty bad point. It's confusing. He's shutting yeah. her out. That's clear. It's just yeah. so weird because, like, compared to last season where yeah. she had a pretty big role, like, she's been pretty relegated so far, like, in the show like, and is, seemingly in her role, like, in her, like that's in, only the, in, like, the life. time we've seen her this season. The yeah, time, she's like, had, like, two kick, lines. Yeah. Kicked her out. Go, t- go turn the Alexa off. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me wonder if they're going to head back to that at some point. And then, uh, well, I guess she's... So later this season. I, I, I mean, it certainly implied in this past episode that she's yeah. harboring some resentment about being locked out of what's going on, I guess, after feeling like... She was, you know, co-chair of the company after resuscitating him last season. Yeah, but her ambitions never, her, her, it never seemed clear that she had any ambitions beyond having a successful relationship with him. Was it, Mace? <sighs> well, no. I, I mean, in season one, I mean, if you remember season one, Shiv was just like, wait a minute. Like when uh, Roman, I mean, not when Roman, when... Uh, when Logan had come back from uh, being resuscitated and they couldn't mm-hmm. see him for a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was like in control of literally everything for like a couple mm-hmm. of episodes. And then they kind of went away from that. So it makes me wonder what happened. Yeah. They were a unit before and now they seem pretty divided. So there's something there that hasn't been alluded to. Nan asks about the proxy battle and Rhea says Sandy has syphilis. 
<laughs> that was funny. That was funny, though. Rhea yeah. was trying too hard in this episode, I thought. I like the. What'd you think of the hair, though, Aiden? Hair yeah. improvement, right? <laughs> no, nah, not a fan. No. But better, though. Better. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I don't think so. I think we just got oh, used to it a little bit. Yeah. I thought it was a different cut altogether. Her bangs were a little different, I think. Mm. But I don't know that they helped. They looked mm. a little weird to me. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> She's had better haircuts. She could pull off she can pull off way better hair. That's all. And I love her too. Nan asked Logan to name his successor, bringing the table to a grinding halt as he dances oh, yes. around answering the question. Oh look, I have to ask. The internal differences. Have they been smoothed over? Oh, very much so. And any thought given to, to whom you might hand over the keys? Why, madam, that is very forward. And you're no fun. We're all friends here now, aren't we? Well, uh, Jerry is on the paperwork as a stopgap, but even she'd be the first to admit that she couldn't really do the job. Well, maybe the second to admit. <laughs> uh, there is a name. But, you know, I really don't like to deal in hypotheticals. Mm. He's an enigma. Well, one day. What a tease, folks. Just whisper it in my ear. You know, I'll start to think I'm not wanted. <laughs> you can well you know. oh for fuck's sake dad just tell him it's gonna be me is that so that is so Roman what's happening my life is ended it's been discussed uh, but I don't think we're quite at the point where uh... no not anytime soon We've, uh, we've discussed the transition and some arrangements. We won't bore you. <laughs> no. But I thought we could tell you. All, though, as friends. Yeah. You know, maybe this dinner was a little bit premature. Seems like you guys are still working some things out. Uh, no, no, Peter, don't worry. This is just uh, family hijinks as, as usual. We're good. Is that true? Will you stop? And, man, that dinner came to a grinding halt. AC, what is she thinking here? Uh, she's thinking that even if, even if there's a chance that this was a dance, because she's been, she's been talking about this uh, with Tom for the majority of the season, like, you know, I don't really know if my dad's, like, really, really giving it to me. And she's always been uh, uh, kind of, like, on the fence. But it's almost like she said, this is my... She had her... She had her she had her moment. The same thing that happened to uh, who was that? In, who was that in season one? Um, where he where he was trying to where he was trying to take over. It was it was almost similar in that way. To wasn't wasn't it episode five in season one? Kendall, where that happened with Kendall, the board meeting. Uh, what you call it? Where he, the board meeting, and then and then it ends horribly for him. It, I wonder if it was episode five because it, it seemed similar in that sense that we got that moment and then it just became really awkward because Kendall, yeah. remember Kendall was stuck in traffic and he couldn't get there, get there in time while the while the meeting was going on. 
but just in this case, there's some parallels there. But just Shiv just jumping out like, like, like the way that she wanted to go out after that. It, it was it, the tension was so palpable, and it was just such an enjoyable scene because everybody played it so well. Uh, Roman's just annoyance and shock and just this uh, uh, disturbed over it, and uh, it, and even Kendall's surprise too, and then, and then Logan. And then Logan, the look on his face is like, wait a minute, what? What is she doing? And then they're left alone at the table. Everybody else clears out, and he's like, shall we? Let's get the <laughs> fuck out of here. I'm not even going to talk to you. That was rough. That was great. Yeah, that was rough. So after dinner, we've got Kendall and Naomi running off together to do illegal drugs. Naomi says, watching you people melt down is the most deeply satisfying activity on planet earth which i thought was some nice meta commentary and should be the show slogan because it is a quite satisfying (laughs) feeling watching them crash and burn over and over again they go and do some blow they drink straight from a magnum of belvedere vodka they talk about how they're both getting it together ha So ironic. (laughs) Then they run down the hill to a helicopter. Kendall nearly turns it on and crashes it into a river and kills another person before (laughs) before he turns it off. And then they hook up. (laughs) Kendall's the hottest mess, but he was able to accomplish some things here. Very very good job by Kendall this episode, even though it wasn't exactly in the cleanest of ways. Yeah, he was effective in his role. Was Was he doing this... Was this all a ploy? Was this all a calculated move by him? Or was he like genuinely attracted to Naomi? I think a combination of both. I think yeah. it started off being a ploy. And I think just with both of them going through the addiction aspects of things. Yeah, I think they I really think did felt, connect on some that. Kinship. Yeah. yeah. So we learned that Naomi hates the Roys because their tabloids wouldn't stop running stories about her when her mom died and when she got into a car accident. And then Kendall tempts her with freedom and money. Shiv comes back to her in Tom's room, which has nothing but Emily Dixon and low thread count sheets. And Tom questions Shiv's motivations. She reveals she had no plan. She just felt impatient. And she fears she might have fucked it, which makes Tom, of course, bring it right back to himself. Yeah. Where does Tom uh-huh. Wamsgams stand in this situation? If Shiv sucks, am I going to keep my job? <laughs> no. Roman is destroyed by Shiv's revelation because he's still delusional enough to think that he, it's going to be him, <laughs> I guess. He says, my life is over. And he tries to have sex with Tabitha, and it goes horrendously. like Hilariously. Unbelievably bad. Oh, awkward. In so many ways, but funny. Tabitha has another amazing line. She says, I'm not uninterested in solving you. I just thought that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Fucked up love, you know. And then Roman. What? Is it love? What is it? What is I mean, is it money? Is she just there for the status and the access? That's probably part of it. Really? Would you? I don't know. I think she's like, she's, I think she's just lifestyle. Weirdly attracted to him for a reason, mm. probably because he won't sleep with her. Oh wait, she was she a was she a, an escort? No, she's just a salacious social climber. Yeah, so she's just in it for the lifestyle because she's been with Naomi. I think she might already have grown up. Like she might just be the another child of a lesser rich yeah. family. Okay, so it's a lifestyle thing. It's access. She just wants access to that level of privilege. 
she's just tolerating him effectively. Right. I mean, she says the thing right before that where she says, "If you, if you need me to to ease your neuroses, I'm just going to go to Naomi's room." Right. Right. Yeah. But I, 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 I just thought that line was kind of fucked up, sweet in this in the world of this show. That's like one of the nicer sweet. things somebody said yeah, to somebody in this show. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, as crummy as he is. And then immediately after that, we learn that he's maybe into necrophilia because he wants her to pretend to be dead. So. Yeah, it's so dead. Yeah, that she, was just, it's a yo-yo of emotions, you know. So dead, she can cr- control her biological processes. <laughs> and Roman says, oh "If God. we politely agree on a wrong thing, then it's no longer wrong." That's just like basic boner arithmetic. <laughs> and speaking of agreeing on a wrong thing, then he goes to see Jerry, who locks him in the bathroom and demeans him while he jerks off. So weird. <laughs> Where is this going? Now, is she into this? Do we think Jerry's into this? I think so. First, it seems like she's into it. And then, like, the look on her face, once he's, like, jerking it, was she's like, oh, God, what am I doing? So, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's already, like, in way too far. Like, she's she's already in too deep, I think. Uh, yeah, we're getting one of these an episode yep, that's, now. That's back-to-back, yeah. our special like, conference you're not calls. Gonna, you're not regressing this, from this here. This is almost an affair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, it's like we said last week, Jake, like they've established the dynamic of their relationship, right? Like it's never going to get beyond this. This is what it is. That's all he needs it to be. Yeah. Unless Jerry can figure out how to be dead, I suppose. He He's not comfortable with contact, as evidenced by the fully clothed attempt to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, still wait, I'm still waiting for them to go back to... The the Kendall I feel I'm still that scene at the at the end of season one where Kendall and and Roman are talking about Roman being in a cage as a as a kid. Like I feel like that has something to do with why he's this way. And they just touched on it for a second and we've never gone back to it. I want to learn more about Roman in that way and that trauma. So the morning after Kendall wakes up butt naked having shit himself in bed. Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. Gross. And this later inspires some really amazing knowing glances from the staff of Turnhaven as he walks into Nan's office for the final meeting. <laughs> oh, I thought it was blood. Oh, no. Okay. He he shit himself. Oh, I misread that. Here, here's the yeah. thing. But here, here we. Here, I'm going to go back and say, what what time was this? Eight o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And all that coke, and he fell asleep. I want to know. Yeah, stayed how up all he night. fell asleep. <laughs> how did he fall asleep? Did he take something? Because if he took something, how's he waking up? Oh, I did have a feeling. What like after they were, drug when they were doing coke, I was like, I don't feel like they're talking fast enough for people that just did like massive lines. He saw all those lines too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like I don't know. Okay, let's put it like maybe it's nine thirty because you know, like it's. It could be an actually early night that at which point they're doing that. But let's say it's ten o'clock, but they're doing enough that like a ball at least. Yeah, come like, on, that was a lot of coke. Yeah. yeah, he's falling asleep. He's falling asleep. Yeah, and usually when you're doing that much coke, the bowels want to let themselves go way right away. Before yeah, I'm about to say the you, next morning. Yeah, you, you go know? after the first line yeah. usually. They, they need a drug 
consultant. They need an ashtray. I know. So HBO is not good at this. How drugs yeah. work when people do them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was for sure like they're not talking fast enough for people that just like snorted giant lines of coke. Like yeah. I need them to be like a little more like, you know, oh my God, like talking just way faster, like at a million miles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come on. they were just talking at a normal pace. I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, I'm sorry. That vodka's not going to slow that down. No, vodka's only going <laughs> to exacerbate. It. It's, it's it's not really depression. It's just keeps you the it keeps the edge off. Yeah, <clears throat> I knew I knew we were going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it was not ringing true on any level. I guess the waking up having shit the bed kind of emphasizes the. Kendall childishness. Yeah, just like the low point that he's at. Yeah, and he seemed to wake up with no hangover. Yeah, he seemed fine, which was also weird. Yeah. He like calmly like collected himself, like started doing the sheets. Yeah. He wasn't sweating. Yeah, no, I wasn't convinced either. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) At breakfast, Roman announces his relationship with Jerry, but everyone thinks he's joking. Connor, we learn, closed the deal with Maxim over a bottle of port and offered him the State Department. (laughs) Maybe. Conditionally, I suppose, right? (laughs) Rhea tells Logan the family had a closed-door meeting, and then Nan has invited Logan, Jerry, Kendall, Shiv, and Marsha, but Marsha's in the doghouse, so Logan sends her away, says he sent her on a walk. Nan believes PGM helped destroy the Berlin Wall, which I thought was kind of arrogant and interesting. And then Nan offers Logan PGM conditionally. Very well. If we can clear up our ethical concerns, I think we can talk. We would like to retain some board seats and get ironclad editorial protections in place. I think that could be hammered out. Also. Also. I think we would also like to have a conversation about management. Uh Uh-huh. I won't have that man overseeing our news, I'm sorry. It's just not tenable. That won't be a problem. More important, we would like you to publicly announce a successor. Mm Mm-hmm. And we would like the person you publicly announce to be Siobhan Roy. Well... That's not quite how I do things. Well, it will have to be, or there's no deal. We want to announce the sale and shiv at the same time because, frankly, she may be one of you, but she's young, she's a woman, and her politics fit better with the core values of our family business. So, that's the offer. Well, to be fair, You don't have an offer. I have an offer. And if I announce my daughter, my daughter will be announced on my time. Okay. Let me explain something. Oh, please. You can't put a value on what we do. Funny. I have put a value on what you do. Well... If you won't budge, then I'm afraid we have no deal. Then we're done. 
Would you like to hear my favorite passage from Shakespeare? Take the fucking money. Logan storms out. They get in the helicopters and leave. Shiv asks what happened. Logan is aloof. He says, you can talk. And he just completely ignores her and mumbles. He's glued to his phone. Jerry shakes her head. Logan is enraged. He shouts, drive your fucking wally bird. (laughs) That's a drop now from now on. Yeah. Drive your fucking wally bird. They land. Rhea calls. Logan secured the deal his way. And he does a little fist pump. And then, and then this really was a great uh, closer to the episode. I thought Greg Gregory arrives. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, nice little short. I actually go by Gregory now. <laughs> you know, he's been off for five weeks doing his own thing. He's he's so bright eyed and enthusiastic because he hasn't had to deal with anybody else's shit. Everyone else is basically catatonic. Logan comes in. He says, "Greg, hey, Gregory." Have a drink, have a drink, you beautiful Ichabod Crane. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you beautiful Ichabod Crane was so funny to me. Logan raises a toast, gives Shiv a dirty look, and walks upstairs triumphant. Money wins, you guys. Yeah, money 25 wins. $25 billion. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. So what do we make of, uh, of this Logan just refusing to bend to anybody and just getting his way yet again. It's well, always that worked was, for him before. Yeah, right? I mean, that's the power move, right? It's like you either if you're going to take the money, you're selling. You know, you're not okay. The editorial stuff, the legacy—that's one thing. But you're not going to tell me how to run the company from the top. Yeah. You know, I, I think really it was turn e- down twenty-five bills. Even if he wants to name Shiv, or whether whether that's just a ruse internally, they're not going to. He's not going to let them dictate what's going on at the top. And clearly, he doesn't have a plan, and he doesn't want a plan. You know, I think that's what we're... His plan is the only plan. Yeah. Yeah, we got a little bit of the Logan saying, what, I'm not good enough talk. You know, I'm not enough. That That's kind of been a point that he's been making over and over again. But yeah, just the, you're not going to tell me what to do in a deal that i'm offering you you know what my favorite line from shakespeare is mace take the fucking money (laughs) (laughs) that (laughs) That was great the perfect capper to that that whole experience and that was beautiful because because it's like i've had enough of your shit yeah your pretensions your performances you know at the end of the day the offer is the offer take it or leave it and they took it you know so they're both on the same plane but he was so nervous about like do we he didn't seem that confident that that it would necessarily work right no i don't know no no because you can't a deal of that size can fall apart at any time. I mean, this is just the first stage of, of winning, right? Yeah, they still have a lot of paperwork and stuff to work out. And, and again, all of this, we can't forget that this is all a defense mechanism to, to keep the company with the family. Because presumably, if if they don't pull this off, they're they're vulnerable to Stewie and that effort to, to take over the company. And so I think some of the nervousness is about, you know, just getting this done. And also once he set his mind to it, he wants to win. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, this is only the fifth episode. 
we still have to fully close this deal and then there's still the proxy battle I mean, this family's kind of funny, too, because like we keep learning that Naomi, the drug addict who's simply working out in Mill Valley as a as a counselor and, 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 and wellness coach to herself, has the ear of the fucking right. you know, matriarch yep. and is in critical to this decision. And you're like, why? Yep. <laughs> why, would she, why would she be the one and not the guy who works for the Brookings Institute? Well, I think she was kind of positioned as the, the shiv of the pierces, right? Yeah, but she wasn't even going to come. She came to she came to shut it down and then Kendall sways it. You know, I, I, she was a surprise yeah. arrival. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a it's a funny family dynamic going on there too, not without its problems. But it's it's interesting how they positioned her as one of the most important swing votes. I guess maybe because she, well, she wasn't a swing vote. She came, like you said, she came to say no. Yeah. I think they did a good job of introducing us to another family that was mm-hmm. a completely different kind of fucked up, but they were still fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I loved it. It was a great episode. I mean, it got right back in it from the moment it started to, it just was, uh, within two minutes, I was like, this is going to be a great episode. We're right back to where we were with number three. And it never let up. It was deeply uncomfortable. It was great to see all of them take their shit and eat it. Yep. Um, just, it was one thing after another. It was, it was really impressive. And it would, it would have been an easy rewatch had I had time to do it. Yeah, Logan's presence makes things oh, he killed. different. It just yeah. makes things different. It, it adds stakes to the show in a yeah. way that when he's not there, it makes it feel like I was saying last week. It was a, it was an episode. It was a filler episode. Yeah, you were right. You were right. So it could have been better. Which <laughs> right. is okay, guys. It's we're allowed to have filler episodes. Yeah, that's right. I agree. You got to change them, the pace. Yeah. You got to throw a change up out of the zone every once in a while, Jake. Yeah, <laughs> but it should be a good change up that gets the batter to swing. You know, not just spit on. And episode four was like a change up that was like really far out. Nobody was ever going to swing at it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great.